following message was delivered at Bible Baptist Church in Dickinson, North Dakota. I appreciate your patience with me Wednesday night as we were struggling with some things. And um, John 12, let's look, if you will, to verse uh, 31, John 12, beginning in verse 31. Uh, Here the Bible says, Now is the judgment of this world, now shall the prince of this world be cast out. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all all men unto me. And this he said, signifying what death he should die. The people answered him, We have heard out of the law that Christ abideth forever. And how sayest thou, the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is uh, this Son of Man? So we began last time, and I was here, on preaching on God's judgment is fulfilled in the Son of Man, the Lord Jesus Christ. We'll finish that this morning. Let's pray. Again, Father, I thank you as we come before you this morning for your goodness, your mercy, your grace, Father, to all of us. And Father, we're not worthy of the least of thy mercies, and yet, Father, thy mercies are new every morning. And as the scripture says, great is thy faithfulness even when we're not. I pray, God, as we look into the scripture this morning that you give us understanding again of the great God in Christ whom we know and whom we love and whom we serve. God, strengthen us, I pray, from the things we hear in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, God's judgment is fulfilled in the Son of Man, the Lord uh, Jesus Christ. Now, we're not, as we said uh, last time, we're not speaking of God's final judgment that we read about in Revelation 20, but rather uh, God fulfilling his judgment, which would lead to the final judgment as he goes to the cross of Calvary. In this, he says in verse 31, now is the judgment of this world. We talked last time about his condemnation of this sinful world. The judgment speaks of condemnation. It is a sentence of condemnation and doom against all wrongdoing and doers. Uh, And condemnation is the act of condemning, the judicial act of declaring one guilty and dooming him to punishment. You know, we live in a world today that balks at the fact that uh, people are guilty of wrongdoing. Well, we want to somehow gloss over it. We want to somehow put a good face on every bad thing that's happening. And it's just ridiculous to me when, when we will focus and make a criminal out of someone who is a victim, a true victim, and uh, make a hero out of the criminal who's perpetrated the crime and what have you. And we see that although recently we've seen the a man exonerated for defending himself and doing the right thing and so forth. But, you know, there's a condemnation of this world in John chapter 3. If you look there with me, John 3, as we review a little this morning, John 3 and beginning in verse 16. John 3, beginning in verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now the word perish means to die and go to hell because of sin, to be separated from God in a place called hell. The Bible says in verse 17, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And yet in his death he condemned sin for what it was, the um, uh, violation of God's law. In verse 18, he that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he had not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation that light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. You know, sometimes we get frustrated as Christians because we reach out to a lost and dying world with the gospel of Christ and we wonder why they don't want it. 
We wonder why they don't want it. And yet the problem is, is that men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. You know, folks, God has to work in the human heart if anyone is to be saved. You know, the Bible says no man seeketh after God. God comes seeking for him because men love darkness. And it can be discouraging at times, and yet we are still called of God to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature because they need to hear the message if they're going to be saved and miss the judgment and condemnation of God. But they're condemned already in Romans chapter 8. <clears throat> Romans chapter 8. And when Christ came into this world, <clears throat> he condemned sin in the flesh. In, in Romans 8 and 1, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, Romans 8 and 1, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin condemned sin in the flesh that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Christ came as a man, he came in the flesh, and he died in the flesh for the sins of the flesh. And folks, you know what? He condemned sin by his coming and his dying as a man on the cross of Calvary. And so we talked about, if you will, in his condemnation of this sinful world. And his, secondly, Looking back to John 12, as we're talking about the judgment of God in John 12, <clears throat> his condemnation is seen not only in his, uh, or his judgment is not only seen in his condemnation of this world, sinful world, but in his destruction of Satan, <clears throat> if you will. In uh, verse 31, now is the judgment of this world, now shall the prince of this world uh, be cast out. You know, God. <clears throat> has uh, brought about the beginning of the end when Christ came into this world and was lifted up on the cross of Calvary. You know, the devil imagines, as it, the Bible says in Isaiah 14, that he will be like the Most High God. And yet God says, I will bring you down to hell. And the judgment of even the devil himself, it was accomplished by Christ on the cross of Calvary. He is called the Prince of this world. He is called the prince of the power of the air. And if you will, Ephesians chapter 6, Ephesians chapter 6, <clears throat> beginning in verse 10. Ephesians chapter 6, beginning in verse 10. <clears throat> Ephesians 6, beginning in verse 10. Paul writes here, finally, you know, it's interesting, he uses finally sometimes in the middle of a chapter and takes a long time to finish. <laughs> but he says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. He says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Now, you know, <clears throat> One thing he doesn't say is take up arms and guns and AR-15s and things like that. You know, you know, a lot of people are very upset about our government, but all that, the, the direction our government is taking and, the, and the, the ungodliness we see is just a verification of what God says is going on 
and who is in control of this world. The Lord has allowed uh, the devil to have some measure of control, a, a realm of, of uh, if you will, reign in this world. And, you know, without uh, doubt, it's because he is the father of their seed, the seed of the wicked. And they're following him anyway. And, you know, they find their way into, into high places and there's great spiritual wickedness go on. And you know what? We, we need to be careful not to, to be afraid of it. Folks, it's been going on for a long time since the beginning when the, when the devil re- led a rebellion against God in, the, in heaven and then the Garden of Eden. Man has been subject to spiritual wickedness in high places. And let's not look to the government for salvation or deliverance or for our needs. The, Lord, the, the, the government isn't God although the socialists and communists would like us to think so. But nonetheless, folks, God is greater. The Bible says greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And Christ won a victory. And if you will, Colossians chapter 2 won a great victory over the devil and his realm. In uh, Colossians 3 beginning in verse, excuse me, Colossians 2 beginning in verse 13. Colossians 2, beginning in verse 13. And you, being dead in your sins, and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. And, if that weren't enough, (coughs) he dealt with our sin, and having spoiled principalities and powers, He made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. You know, (coughs) Pilate, at the direction and instigation of the people of the Jews, uh, uh, saw to it that Christ was crucified. And Christ uh, allowed himself to be subject to a government that would destroy him, that would destroy him (coughs) only to fulfill the will of the Father. And in doing so, in him submitting to Roman punishment, crucifixion, he won a victory over all ungodly government and principalities and powers, the rulers of the darkness of this world, Satan himself. When he went to the cross of Calvary, he did not die as one conquered, but died and rose again as one who did conquer And then if you will, look with me to John 12. As we move on to the last point this morning in John 12. Again, John 12. And look at verse 32. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. And this, uh, he said, signifying what death he should die. Now, not only do we see his uh, God's judgment fulfilled in Christ in, uh, in his condemnation of the sinful world and his destruction of Satan, but in his salvation of sinners. And folks, <clears throat> what an amazing thing that Christ suffered for you and I, the just for the unjust. And you know, folks, we won't find that among men anywhere else. But we find it in God, in the person of Jesus Christ, in the man, Christ Jesus, in his salvation for sinners. Look with me to John 3 and verse 14. John 3 
and uh, verse 14. <clears throat> Bible says, As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Now he's referring back to what Moses did in the Old Testament. If you look with me to Numbers 21, Numbers 21, when the people had um, <clears throat> murmured against God. And you know, <clears throat> some might look at this and say, what a harsh treatment. But understand that God is long-suffering with Israel. God is long-suffering with us in the face sometimes of our blatant, presumptuous rebellion against God. And what is God did with Israel here was to come to a place where he said, enough is enough here. You know, you're, they, have, they sinned against the goodness and grace and mercy and care of God as a nation. And God said, enough is enough. In Numbers chapter 21, and if you will, let's look at verse 1. And when uh, King Arad, <coughs> uh, the Canaanite, which dwelt in the, in the south, heard tell that Israel came by the way of the, uh, of the spies, he, uh, then he fought against Israel and took some of them prisoners. And Israel vowed a vow unto the Lord and said, If thou wilt indeed deliver this people into mine hands, uh, then I will utterly destroy their cities. And the Lord hearkened to the voice of Israel and delivered up the Canaanites, and they were utterly destroyed, and, and they utterly destroyed them and their cities. And he called uh, the name of the place Hormah, and they journeyed from Mount Hormah. Now God has given great deliverance right here. Then let's read on. He says, And they journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to compass the land of Edom, and the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. Man, God's already given them a, another great victory here. A reason to rejoice in the Lord, to be thankful and what have you. But what are they doing? You know, they're, they're back in the way, back on the road, if you will, and now they're discouraged. Uh, they're discouraged because of the way. And the people spake against God and against Moses, Wherefore have you brought us? Now watch what he's, they're saying. Brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness, for there is no uh, bread, neither is there any water, and our soul loatheth this light bread. Well, what is the light bread? Manna from heaven. The Bible says in another place they did eat angels' food. The manna is called by God in his word, angels' food. They're eating uh, angels' food, I mean, and, and all they're doing is complaining. You know why? Well, where's the variety in this? I mean, we're just eating manna. Where's the pizza? Where's the burritos? Where's the pot? I mean, where is all that great food? I mean, why are they complaining? Because all they have is light bread. They don't have the wheat bread, the whole wheat bread, you know, with all those, you know, nice little bits and pieces of things. They don't have all the, the special food that they like. And yet they had more than we read about to eat besides the light bread. But they're complaining at the provision of God from heaven itself. They didn't have to, do, they didn't have to plant a field and, and make the bread. God let it rain from heaven. They went out and gathered it. But you know, sometimes we human beings can find anything to complain about. And we overlook the goodness of God as these Israelites did over and over and over again. Sometimes in the face of their repeated criticism of the Lord and the Lord's people, 
they found themselves in trouble with God. Now, thankfully, that's not the end of it. Let's read on. He says here, And the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, and much people of Israel died. God says, well, if you don't like it here, it's time to go. If you're going to complain, and let me say this. This was not the first time this has happened. And God isn't necessarily doing this to his own people, but rather those among the people of Israel that were in rebellion against God. He was dealing with their rebellion, their persistent rejection and rebellion against the love and goodness of God. In verse 7, therefore the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against thee, praying to the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. And Moses prayed for the people. Now they're praying, and again they're praying, it's like, get us out of trouble. Okay, we've sinned, but you know we're more concerned about the fact that we're getting bitten and dying. And yet the Lord is a being a merciful God, and Moses made a, great, made a serpent... Uh, look at verse 8. And the Lord has said unto Moses, okay, God heard what was going on. You know, God was even gracious to them in this. He heard what was going on. He heard their request. And, you know, Moses prayed for them, even though they would have probably liked to have had him killed and gone, gone back to Egypt. And the Lord said unto Moses, Make thee a fiery serpent, and set it upon a pole, and it shall come to pass that everyone that is bitten, when he looketh upon it, and it shall live. And Moses made a serpent of brass and put it on a pole, and it came to pass that if a serpent had bitten any man, when he beheld the serpent of brass, he lived. You know, we sing the song, Look and Live, My Brother Live. Where did that come from? This passage of Scripture. Folks, we need to look to the Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ, for life and eternal salvation, and God will give it. And you know, folks, no matter what we've done, amen? And folks, God in the... God in the person of Christ suffered for us that that might be true. In the Psalm 22, look with me there, Psalm 22. <clears throat> and look at verse 12, Psalm 22. And really, let me, there are certain uh, Psalms that are directly, in many respects, directly prophetic of the Lord Jesus Christ, and this is one of them. There's several of them, but this is one of them in particular. And you can tell that by, the, as you read it, some of the wording can speak, uh, it cannot be speaking of anyone but our Lord Jesus Christ. And in uh, Psalm uh, 22 and 12, the Bible says, Many bulls have compassed me about, strong bulls of Bashan have beset me round. They gaped upon me with their mouths as a, as a ravening and roaring lion. And folks, we see Christ on the cross of Calvary. And uh, they, there were those that were gaping upon him. They, they had their mouths open against him. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted in the midst of my bowels. My strength is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue cleaveth to my jaws. Thou hast brought me into the, de- uh, the dust of death. This is speaking of Christ as he hung on the cross of Calvary. Say, uh, just what was going on? I mean, he was there for some time. And we have, if you look through the scripture, we have record of some of the things that he was thinking and saying about what he was going through. Prophetic of him. <clears throat> he says in verse 16, For, the, uh, for dogs have com- uh, compassed me, the assembly of the wicked have enclosed me. They pierced my hands and my feet. Who is he talking of? Christ. 
This is Christ who suffered for you and I that we might be saved. I may tell, I may tell all my bones, verse 17, and they, uh, they look and stare upon me. They part my garments among them and cast lots upon my vesture. You know, folks, this is prophetic of Christ and what he went through to save us from sin. God poured out his judgment upon Christ uh, for us in Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53. And we'll begin in verse 1. Isaiah 53 and verse 1. And folks, he did it for all men. And what a blessing if you're saved by the grace of God. You receive that sacrifice, the judgment of God upon Christ for you. In Isaiah 53 and 1, Who hath believed our report? What report? The report of our, our Lord Jesus Christ. This is prophetic given by the prophet Isaiah of Christ. To whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? The arm of the Lord is Jesus Christ, the power. When God speaks of his arm, he speaks of his power and his might. For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, as a root out of dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. And folks, Christ, he is, sometimes people say, well, uh, nobody likes me, and I'm, you know, people despise me because I'm a Christian, and sometimes you live in a home with unsaved people, and sometimes you face, if you will, their scorn, their disdain, their despising of yourself. Don't ever think for a moment that if you're going to do what's right, that the world's going to love you. Jesus said, if, they, if the world hates you, know that it hated me before it hated you. It's not a strange thing. It's a difficult thing. But Christ went through all of that before you and for you and I. Surely, verse 4, he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord had laid upon him the iniquity, laid on him the iniquity of us all. Folks, over and over again, we see that Christ bore the judgment of God for our sin upon himself. And you know what? Thanks be to God that he did. Because then we have an escape from the judgment of God, even as those that...
Thank you for listening. If you have questions about this message, or if you would like information about our church, please visit us online at bbcdickinson.com.